Hey guys, and welcome to the Remarkable Me podcast. I am your host, Gabriella, and during these podcasts, I'll be interviewing tons of amazing guests who will inspire our listeners with fascinating life stories about how they've beaten their demons by receiving the right support to catapult them to where they are today. During today's podcast, I'll be joined by the lovely Piercy, who will be sharing her inspiring journey into the life as a transgender woman. From her relationships, ups and downs, acceptance, and being true to her authentic self, she will be sharing all details. So let me introduce to you, Piercy. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Good. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey and all things mental health and just, you know, any information that you can give me just so everyone can be so much more educated. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited too. So just tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm Percy. I'm 20 years old. I am a trans female and I've been transitioning, I think it's been four years now or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been four years since I started socially transitioning. Um, I'm currently a uni student at South, Southampton Solent studying makeup and hair design and you obviously mentioned that you're four years into your female transition that's amazing congratulations that's oh, awesome. thank you I bet four years has just flown by for you now it has yeah because I so how I started transitioning was like it was very subconscious and very kind of like I want to do this thing it wasn't anything like oh I think that I want to transition it wasn't that kind of logical thought of like that it was just kind of like I want to grow my hair out because I want to grow my hair out it very much was that and I did come out quite early but my lovely parents who I adore to the ends of the earth um was like keep chatting about it keep thinking about it we're not going to do anything yet but it's only because we don't understand and we want you to understand everything that could possibly happen and it wasn't out of like shame or anything. It was very much out of love that yeah. they were just kind of like, hold up, wait a minute. Cause I did come out at like 13. Really? So, th- so would you say 13 was the first time that you socially sort of came out or that you discussed with your parents? Or when was the first time that your sort of thought of transitioning was on the forefront of your mind? Um, transitioning, like, I, I want to say like logically which I mean like not subconsciously like consciously I was the thought of transitioning was very much probably around about 2017 so a couple of years after I came out um no not even a couple of years after I came out it's a couple of years after I left school because um so I left school and then was just like I'm just me I'm just floating about in the ether just being me yeah um and I did have those kind of like teenager thoughts of oh is this what I want to be is this who I want to be is this how I want to present myself to the world and it was no so I started growing out my hair like ask anyone I know pre-20 kind of 2018 Mm -hmm. um and they literally was like I, I I would be there breaking the rules with my hair because um, Catholic school wants your hair above your collar and my hair was very much touching my collar at all points. 
that must have been really difficult though obviously going to a catholic school and you know it's different beliefs it's different thought processes about things and obviously you're going through quite a challenging time it's a really confusing time when you're younger you know your mind's all over the place and obviously you're thinking is this definitely what I want to do how do I express myself I want to be you know your true authentic self that must have been a little bit I don't know tell me a little bit more about that it was it was very interesting because uh, even when I was like a little kid I was always very effeminate everyone knew that I I was different I wasn't like the other boys in my class I wasn't like um like the just the standard kids that you know because I played with Barbies and I did very much the stereotypical thing of what girls would do um like I would love dress up I would um as I said I was very feminine so it was kind of like oh of course he's gay it was it was that like immediate like of course he's gay because he's doing all these feminine things instead of he might not be a boy back in the early 2000s like there wasn't a lot of coverage about being trans like I didn't get anything until people like Gigi Gorgeous was on there and but that didn't represent who I was because she was a multimillionaire. yeah and she was on on the socials and then it um but then as a kid I was very much just myself and I was like I wanted to play with girls toys I didn't want to play with boys toys yeah like, it interest you yeah it it more is about the interest than the actual like I don't know because we're in in uni we were actually talking about psychology within kids which was really interesting and like gender performity and stuff for a makeup course it's yeah. it sounds absolutely wacky no, um, I relate to that because I was doing a dance degree but I ended up looking into so many different fields I studied dance movement and psychotherapy and ended up doing psychology module as well so it's crazy how literally you could be doing one module but you're actually learning so much from so many different areas and it's nice to be able to broad your knowledge a little bit more definitely yeah but it's so interesting because like I I, I was very much the person of, I'm not going to uni because it's too academic for me, but I would have, I always had such a passion for like psychology and like therapy and uh, like mental health and stuff. Like it's like, so for me, it's so interesting. And like going through like, I, I don't, like my mental health journey, it has been really eye-opening and given me so much empathy over other people so at the time when you were obviously going through your journey at the beginning you know you wanted to be authentic to yourself you did you didn't want to play football or you know you wanted to play barbies and stuff at the time how did you cope with these feelings um I remember there was one specific trip to a like a toy shop or something when I was with one of my mum's friends and some of their kids or it was like one of my, my friends and their parents and I, I always remember every single time I went into like the toy aisle, I'd be so sneaky about looking at the girls' toys. I was like, it was as if I was ashamed of doing it. Like I'd be like, oh, pink, oh, but, and then like hiding it away from everyone. But I'd literally just walk off and then I'd be back in like 10 minutes and be like, mom, I want to show you something and take her away. Be like, oh, can I have this toy? But it was, 
like I was always surrounded by girls as well which kind of was the familiar for me so playing with dolls and stuff it was the familiar and then when I got to yeah it was normal um and then when it got to like I was between like 10 and 12 I really pushed that masculine like narrative onto me I went and played football I kind of like hyper masculinized myself throughout kind of from the age it like on and off from the ages of like 10 to 15 yeah because I was like this isn't me I don't I don't want to fit into this gay stereotype of feminine and bloody bloody blah like I look back in pictures and I'm wearing like tight tops and tight trousers and like and I'm like it for me when I was a kid it was relatively hard to like stay in reality yeah so I when I was younger I used to um like have a mental construct of like a storytelling like I'd be like oh what would I want to wear if I was to wear anything yeah who would I want to be when it was younger it was like what uh, character would I want to be and normally it would be either be like a princess or Daphne from Scooby-Doo like they were the two top options because Daphne is like such an independent strong woman yeah from like I was obsessed with Scooby-Doo when I was a kid as well I've got a Scooby-Doo lanyard on my case like <laughs> I'm not gonna so lie. Cool. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It sounds like you used a lot of sort of like your imagination to be able to cope with how you were feeling at the time, which actually is really great. It was because like it was the only thing getting me through, and I carried I carried it on until I started transitioning, and it got it got to a point a couple of years ago when I was like, I, I was thinking about what I would want to wear. And it was only because I didn't have the clothes in my wardrobe. And I was like, well, I, I could wear anything else that yeah. I would want to wear instead of what I had to wear. And it was that shift in like thought process of I went to school wearing a grey uniform. How exciting is that? <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, today I would be wearing, I don't know, like, um, for, I don't know why, but cowl necks was a massive thing for me when I was like 14. I was like, I'm wearing a cowl neck top with like skinny jeans and like knee high boots. And like, I was just that girl. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. And it really sounds like you had a good support system around you. Obviously you've mentioned your family have been absolutely amazing, but what gave you the confidence to finally speak to your friends and family about it? Was it sort of a, a process for you or did you just come out with it one day? You know, who was the first person you told and why? I mean, going back to when I was like 13, I told my parents first. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I kind of was like, I might be, I'm, I'm not a boy. Like that was it. It wasn't, I'm born in the wrong body. Cause I don't really, I personally don't fit into that, I guess, narrative of that a lot of trans people get um, like categorized in or described as is that, oh yeah, trans people are born in the wrong body. I personally don't identify with that. I go, yeah, I was born a boy, but this whole journey is my journey yeah it's it, it is different to other people's like that's kind of what distinguishes kind of being trans yeah because we we go through a different 
like life journey to someone who isn't trans who's cis and like so I told my parents first um and the vocabulary I I didn't have any vocabulary of being trans of like transitioning or anything it very much was like I want to be a girl yeah like that was it that was the knowledge that I had because I knew that I wasn't a boy it was the absent absence of being masculine of being male and obviously that comes hand in hand because I am attracted to men anyway and like that's what sometimes happens is that those feelings get mixed up or it's what happens in like my case where the feelings aren't mixed up but everyone doesn't quite want to approach it just yet yeah because you're too young or you're too immature or you haven't grown up enough when from like experience and from researching into other trans kids as well when your kid tells you something like that do take it with caution but let like let there be boundaries but then also don't always have that open conversation because I don't think that's what I had from coming out of 13 up until I was 18 when I came out because I only came out a couple of years ago just for uni yeah. um so I think I think that like five years five years something like that um that period of time really let me grow as a person by myself and the the thoughts on like being trans did not go away by any means but what happened was I was trying to figure out how I can be myself in such a constricting environment such as school such as being a teenager in such a hormonal period in my life as well like it could it could be a multitude of things that have happened but how I, I I was asking my friends multiple times I was like oh yeah would you like this was between like 14 and 16 I'd be like oh would you still like me if I was a girl like would you still be friends with me though and I had open conversations with my friends about me being a girl because I (laughs) I was already considered a girl in their eyes because I was just like them yeah like it wasn't supportive about it obviously you'd mentioned that obviously you'd ask these questions but were they really, I mean, like you said, they saw you as one of the girls. Did, you know, it didn't impact any relationships? No, yeah, like I ha- like I would say 95% of my friends that I went to school with or I transitioned with, like, were completely accepting. They didn't have any problem with it. Like, obviously, they had their questions and they had, um, like, their, trans- their transitional period with me anyway, because, like, with... A friend or a family member who's trans there is a transitional period for you to get it right which I think a lot of there is there is nothing about that which I I experienced through my parents and my friends is that when I first came out I was like everyone's gonna start calling me a girl now without a doubt it, it'll just happen you know because it, it it's just one of the things but it's not there is 
like maybe at six months to a year like I would kind of give it that and then if it's still quite hard around like the eight month eight month mark with certain people I would say maybe extend it to a year and a half to two years because that's what I had to do with a couple of my family members because they just they didn't see me enough to kind of put it into action so it's like I I lived with my mum throughout my whole transition transition period and then I went to I came out at 18 or 17 just for my 18th birthday and then lived with my mum throughout the whole of the summer and then went to uni so it so my mum now is kind of is getting it right like 95 percent of the time yeah definitely and I think you've mentioned as well that your friends asked questions and I think that's great like would you advise that to other young people that I think sometimes for young people they get a little bit nervous to ask questions because no one wants to offend anyone they want to say the right things but actually asking questions is great oh you know yeah you don't know then you know you should ask like what what's your sort of experience with that or opinion even um I I have very like hard boundaries now which I think is so important for transitioning people like people who, who are trans who are transitioning because then you can stay comfortable in your little bubble while also educating the people around you for example I un, unless it's like a close friend or anything I don't talk about surgery at all because that's my boundary that I don't think anyone but me and my immediate circle of people that is in my social life need to know if any if anything only I need to know that and my parents online as well that people um you know like transgenders have said you know everyone's different they all have different boundaries which I think is great you know it's it's really good to be able to you know know where your line is would you agree Mm. with that or definitely like everyone everyone is different like I openly talk about being trans whereas there I know one of my friends who is trans she doesn't want anyone to know that she's trans she's um I can't think of the word but there's like a term for it um like and which it's nothing to do with me yeah if she wants to if she wants to tell someone she's trans she will if she doesn't then she doesn't it I I can't have opinion because it's not my life I'm living yeah and I think that's one of the most important things is that if you're giving an opinion to a trans person about what you think think about is it necessary and is it kind and if it's neither of them then don't say it keep it to yourself yeah but for questions and intrigue not approach with caution but approach with sensitivity definitely one way one quote that I live by in life is that you know in a world where you can be anything just be kind be considerate I think you know treat people how you would want to be treated and I know it's such like 
a cliche saying and you know parents say but like really treat people how you want to be treated because you wouldn't want someone to you know you wouldn't want to be treated poorly so mm. like, don't do that to someone else don't affect someone else's feelings and you don't know what other people are going through everyone's different me personally I'm really sensitive so you know I'm really really cautious with other people I'm really sensitive to other people that's just the kind of person that I am yeah I completely agree because I'm also quite sensitive because like if someone someone upsets me someone upsets me like it's not I wouldn't say it's not a small deal but it's it's just not kind like I mean another another thing that really like got me through childhood is the film Cinderella because it was like oh I was always hiding and then it was just this big transitional moment of she was in this big like blue gown and bloody bloody blah and in the new film which is 20 I think 2015 um there's a quote in it that I am actually planning on getting a tattoo on on my like upper arm which says have courage and be kind because that is what's really weird is that that's how my mum raised me is to have courage and be kind like be who you want to be and also be nice to other people yeah that's so lovely that's so sweet and I love how these different sort of like movies and people have like influenced your life and it doesn't matter like everyone's you know influences can be so different and like yours has so much meaning that I you know I've watched Cinderella multiple times but I've never thought the same way that you've thought but now you put it into Mm -hmm. my mind I'm thinking actually that makes so much sense yeah it's kind of the like rags to riches trope that Disney love putting in their film and and it it's the kind of it's the self-awareness of like of the character of Cinderella going oh I am good enough to go to this ball I am pretty enough to go to this ball I am worthy enough to go to this ball and this ball sometimes in certain people's lives is to be who themselves to be themselves and to like go into life full throttle with the confidence of an of a oh what's the saying I completely love saying like confidence of like an ox or something yeah obviously you've spoken about some like you've given such great advice but some of the challenging times that you went through how did you cope with those how did you you know it's sometimes it's so hard when you're stuck in such a rut almost how did you come out of those challenging times so every day is a challenge at some point because they're like the medical diagnosis of being trans is gender dysphoria and that is the like uncomfortability and the severe anxiety I not not kind of anxiety but like it's the severe discomfort of the like gender aspect of yourself or the sex aspect for example so it's the unchangeable characteristics for like this very second like obviously you can get surgeries and stuff later down the line but a lot of people do that to relieve their gender dysphoria okay which is different to body dysmorphia but very similar 
Okay, that's really interesting. I've never actually heard of that before, so that's really interesting. Yeah, let me get the actual definition up because it will... So, gender dysphoria is the condition of feeling one's emotional and psychological identity to be at variance with the one's birth sex. So it's like the sex and the gender characteristics. For example, if you're a trans female, it could be either having a strong jawbone, having wider shoulders, not having big hips, or like your height, for example. And then for trans men, it might be um, their chest area, because obviously of their breasts, um, having wide hips, um, and then once again the height. It's kind of like the same thing going through both because yeah, it is the opposite of what you want. No, that's so interesting to know about. I honestly, ne- I never knew that either. And the fact that you can differentiate, like obviously the difference between the two, and I think that would be really interesting for other young people to hear about because they could be feeling that way, but actually not able to pinpoint exactly why they're feeling that way or possibly a definition to, you know, how they're feeling. Yeah, so, I mean, I I would say that being trans comes with its own challenges. (laughs) Sorry. And so being trans is... I would say it's own little compact and then my mental health hasn't directly being trans hasn't directly affected my mental health but it has fed into a little bit so I have been diagnosed with anxiety from quite an early age and some of my anxious tendencies show up with me transitioning being trans so it's the thought process of my anxious thoughts in like a gender specific way so it's like when I was younger I used to walk down the street and I was like oh my god everyone's looking at me like and that would just be my anxiety talking like that's it how did you get to the point where you could tell that where you could manage it a lot more you're telling yourself like that's my anxiety talking for some people it's it's difficult to get to that point where they can't differentiate it. They can't say to themselves, you know, this is my anxiety talking for them. It's just like, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Like, how did you learn that? Um, Well, at the time of the, I say incident for a par example, um, I didn't know it was my anxiety talking. I was just so aware of everyone else. Yeah. I actually forgot that I have control. I have control of my own thoughts. And therapy is a great thing. (laughs) I will say that now. Therapy is a godsend. And I, I, I will happily say that I was in therapy when I was like 14, 15, 16. And I, I choose to be in therapy from then to now as well I have been in and out because talking to people about your emotions is so crucial in being alive because if you are having those existential dread or having overwhelming and consuming thoughts then you it's affecting your day-to-day life it is 
in, which I found really strange because not that, but the um, when I applied to university, anxiety is considered as disability. It's under the disability like spectre because it affects your day to day life. And that's it. So interesting. I never knew that when I applied for uni, I never saw that, but that must have been an act that came in since then. I think that's amazing. I just think pe- some people don't realize how much anxiety can impact your everyday life. It affects people differently. And, you know, it can stop you from doing certain things. And sometimes you just can't quite pinpoint what's going on. All you can say is, I don't know, I'm just feeling this way. <laughs> yeah. And feelings are so weird like that, isn't it? Like, some days you could be like top of your rocker and be like, do you know what? I'm so confident and I feel so well in myself. And even like three hours later, like I had this literally the other day, I was feeling great in the morning. And then around like two o'clock, I was like, I'm so anxious and I have no idea why. I don't know what's triggered it, but I just feel like I just need to get into bed and like cuddle up. Like, that's my little safe space that's your self-care that's what makes you feel good in that moment in time and you have to put yourself first sometimes you need to look you are the most important person to you and you need to look after yourself Mm -hmm. exactly like self self health that's really hard to say (laughs) is so important and I think one thing that's really helped me is researching into how I can understand my emotions and understand how I'm feeling and what to do after it so with anxiety grounding is amazing and it's five it's like five simple steps which is like five five things to look at four things to listen uh, like hear and it's about using all your senses okay so five things you can see five um four things you can hear three things you can touch two things you can smell and one thing you can taste yeah it's it's like it really got me through like that borderline panic attack because I used to suffer with panic attacks so often and it it literally would just take the edge off for about 20 minutes and then after that 20 minutes I would calm myself down and either I'll be out of the situation or I'd be either sitting in a, on the floor or something because that really helps as well sitting on the floor or I know some people hate doing that because they feel like the world's like coming down on them sit on a chair with your feet flat on the floor with your bum as close to the like back of the seat as possible and your back like pressed up against it and then wrap your arms um across your body almost like you've got that security around you that you're shielded yeah so it's the um you're compressing the central nervous system and not central nervous system like emotional nervous system basically where um what you're doing is by having a tight band around your stomach you're telling yourself you are protected like you said so these different techniques have really helped you and they could definitely see I'm hoping that all young people that listen to this podcast can take that on board too because it's probably something that maybe they didn't know about either yeah and I think the biggest thing that really like kind of woke me up I guess was 
it's the realization that no one cares what you're doing like no one no one is invested in you no one is looking at you you are looking at yourself too deeply you are over analyzing everything you're doing and that is what is making you overthink what you're doing which is making me like fight or flight mode because there is too many thoughts in your head gosh that's definitely something to take on board I'm going to come away thinking about this as well <laughs> it's definitely a good bit of advice to to give other people mm-hmm. I think sometimes you can feel so trapped in your own world that sometimes you almost need to just take yourself away from that a little bit to recognize exactly what you're saying yeah it's like the like <laughs> example of if you trip up if you trip up who's going to see it what two people but an anxious head will think that the whole world and their brother has seen that and it's that rationalization of that thought of only two people saw that and it doesn't matter because it's a human thing to do it sounds like therapy's really really benefited you it, it really has like having open discussions with your friends about how you're feeling like and really understanding your triggers especially because like I one of my massive triggers is um like being alone so if I'm if I'm on my own I will get anxious so if I'm alone in a public space or if I'm alone in the house like that it really freaks me out as a very like borderline thing because my anxious head is like anything could happen you don't know what's going to happen so but anything could happen but then rationalizing is going okay anything could happen but it's not going to and if it does then your body is healthy enough and it is your body to do something about it Mm. because your body is a lot smarter than you think it is yeah definitely it sounds like it's been really beneficial in the point of breaking down all of these different points and actually learning different coping mechanisms and now you've learned so much and you can pass on this information to different people yeah I I love talking about mental health my transition because it's so important because there isn't enough conversation especially about like transitioning and being trans because like I I had no clue about it and then a really good example of this is Nikki Tutorials who came out over lockdown and she like if anyone doesn't know she is a makeup influencer on YouTube and she didn't disclose that she was trans at all she started her um which is fine by the way which is the type of person that she doesn't feel like she needs to tell people that she's trans because she is herself in herself and that's okay um and obviously I only saw it from uh, like an audience perspective of I was part of her audience but up until she came out she was just a tall woman who done who did makeup because she's six foot four or something she's just a large woman who does makeup that was it and I guess it was slightly easier for her in her audience's eyes because she she only had this screen here she only had a few megapixels to fit in and it that most of the time was from the chest up and then when she came out it was like it was one of them things for me was like it's shocking but not I'm not surprised yeah because it was like ah everything is making sense but it's not the kind of like I already know 
because don't ever say that to anyone about their about coming out in any respect of being gay, being trans, being bi, uh, being lesbian, being whatever they are. Don't don't say that because that is the most dismissive thing you could potentially do to them and make them feel so much less than or even feel outed because what what you're doing is saying oh I already knew this why didn't you why and it was it no everyone's <laughs> journeys t- it's a different time scale you can never rush a process like this you can't it's your time and mm. you know you need to do what feels best for you so by having someone say that to you is actually really disheartening yeah and it's kind of like because some people do want the big reveal like I I was very much in the middle because I was like I don't want the big reveal because I've been transitioning already and it was that point where I was like oh I'm transitioning and I was like what I didn't even notice it because I was just being me I was just my expression like so there's a little diagram of like the gingerbread man or gingerbread woman when it's like it describes everything about a person so it's their sex their gender their gender identity their expression and I want to say that's it but I can't remember I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to you please and um it's so interesting because people think that all of them are connected when they're not they're just part they're like different fragments of the puzzle like that's all it is is that my sex is different to my gender my gender expression is ever-changing because this time last year I had brown hair I like I like wore a full face makeup I dressed really differently whereas now I have bright pink hair and I wear a tinted moisturizer and mascara (laughs) which and like for trans people it's basically relearning yourself because when I was at school I was told how to be I was told that I was a boy I was told these things whereas now I'm telling myself what I can do and what I want to do that's the best and that is the beauty of it you can be your true self now and be comfortable in your own skin and it's Mm. amazing that you've been able to get to this point where you know you're happy and that's all that we want we all we want in life is for everyone to be happy and to be true to themselves would you say that this is probably like the best part of your transitioning uh yeah because I mean I've recently started having laser hair removal on my face because that was that is what was is well is my biggest insecurity and also is the biggest trigger for my gender dysphoria because I'm a makeup artist and if I can't apply makeup to my face then like but that's my business head that's me going ah if I can't do this then my skills probably aren't good enough but actually it's that my face isn't the same face as someone else has got because everyone has different faces and mine just happens to have hair on it which I don't want it to have hair on it so I've chosen to do that to make my face look more feminine and also because I'm lazy and I hate shaving (laughs) I was 
I hate, I literally, I am very much, I am, I do, I'm not low maintenance whatsoever, but I try to be for myself because I am so lazy. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, you know, it makes you happy. So you've got to do what makes you happy. So just to finish off, what advice would you offer to other young people? Um, always question, not always, but question if you're doing this for yourself or if you're doing it for someone else, because it's my immediate thought went to like uh, plastic surgery because that's what that's what they have to do when they have clients. It's like, are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it to please someone else? I, for a period in my time, was like appearing for someone else. It was very much like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing this for me, but it will also please so-and-so but always go, is this what I want? If it is, or if you're not sure, talk about it, talk it, talk it through with yourself, with others, with the people around you, with other transitioning people, because it is so important to have different perspectives, but also different perspectives, but not opinions. If someone has an opinion on you, that it, you can't change that. And it's so important to go, right, is this an opinion about me or or a suggestion for me? Because one can be very harmful when it's taken the wrong way or it's perceived in a different way than it was attended. So it's really, it's really about kind of going, is this who I am and who I want to be? And if it's not, you can change amazing that's so inspiring thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today honestly I feel like I've personally learned so much and I really hope your story inspires and educates so many other people out there like you said there's it's not spoken about enough and we need amazing people like you to come forward and share their story and share all of your information yeah I'm I'm here as an open book like I'm very I'm very vocal about my transition about transitioning people about trans topics and stuff we need more yeah. people like you that's exactly what we need <laughs> yes and even if it's just for a conversation or like I, like I would love I'd love to have like a panel like a panel of trans people just to talk about things and like record it and yeah like, I'd love that as well we need to arrange this yeah it'll be so cool it would be amazing right thank you so much for joining me today and I will speak to you very soon thank you for having me and yes we will definitely you take care you too bye bye okay so that's all we have time for today but what an inspiring episode it's been listening to Piercy's journey as a transgender woman remember you are not alone and that there is so much support out there for you Thank you for listening to the Remarkable Me podcast. Don't forget you can purchase our children's wellbeing growth journals online and keep an eye out for our new upcoming wellbeing journal teen edition, which will be out March 2022. Follow our journey for more and stay in touch with all of our social media platforms at Remarkable Me or www.remarkableme.uk. I'm your host, Gabriella, and I will catch up with you very soon. Bye.